East Coast life or West Coast life? Oh, wow. Uh, oh, that's such a good question. Um, <laughs> we were hoping these are good questions. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say West Coast. Well, I mean, okay. for those uh, for those listening, actually, before we actually hit the record button, Mo was talking about how he's taking in the sun, how he's enjoying the weather. I'm like, buddy, it's September in Montreal. We're putting on the hoodies. <laughs> Yo, it's fall weather hit us, us like a already. truck, boy. Yeah. Whoa, it's 20 degrees right now for us. It's like, yeah. <laughs> of the Waterboys podcast. I'm Julian McKenzie alongside Frank Pavan. What's up, dude? Nothing much, man. I'm happy to be recording with you, uh, as always. Really, it's always a good time. Episode 42 already. We've got a lot, actually, uh, to get through this episode. Very excited uh, about this week's guest. It was a blast recording with him, and I, I really just felt like we were at a bar grabbing a beer and, and shooting shit, so that was fun. I'd let, I'll let you, though, introduce our guest. Thank you, because uh, as the big super fan of the show Ted Lasso, I was very ecstatic uh, that we had uh, Mo Jodi Lamour, who plays uh, the goalkeeper Thierry Zorro on the show. Ted Lasso, nominated for 20 Emmys. And also, uh, as you'll hear during the interview, it's, it sure sounds like uh, one Frank Pavan decided to start the show. Awesome. I'm, I'm awesome. very happy it's I did. It's worth it. It's worth it. I agree. I'm telling you. And Ooh. I won't spoil too much, but Mo kind of summarizes the show perfectly at a certain point of our interview. And ex- the way he words it is all of the feelings you feel that come to mind when watching the show. So I'm, I'm very invested now. I'm happy I turned it on. And I, I, I share a little funny story about how I got I, I'm able to watch the show. So that, that's uh, anyways, that still gives me a good chuckle. But Without further ado, Julian, I think what we'll do, actually, just so, for the listeners so that you know, we'll play, we'll have Mo's interview play out right now, and then after that, we'll obviously do our weekly rundown with all the sports. So, please do enjoy our interview with Mo Jeudi Lamour of Ted Lasso. Our latest guest on the Waterboys podcast is on probably the hottest show on like any streaming platform right now. He plays Thierry Zorro on Ted Lasso, which you can watch on Apple TV, nominated for a bunch of Emmys. And uh, he's doing some pretty big things right now. Mojo de la uh, our latest guest here on the Waterboys podcast. Dude, thank you so much for hanging out with Frank and myself. How have you been, man? I've been good, man. Thank you so much for having me. It's our pleasure, man. I'm just happy that like you're you're on the show with us, man. I, the first question we got to ask you is, how did you end up on on Ted Lasso? This like amazing, wholesome like revelation of a show, which is like the big thing. And for like Montrealers, like people from from where we're all that because we're all Montrealers here, like we're all like, oh yeah, holy crap! Like there's a Montreal guy on the show. How did you end up on this great show? Um, honestly, I always say that it's it's thanks to Montreal because. Uh, years ago, uh, 2014, uh, yeah. I did a movie with Jason, Jason Sudeikis, and uh, he played our coach and we played, it was a movie called Race. And so we were Olympians and he played our coach. And uh, my first day on set, 
I think the first, my first meeting with Jason, right away, he was like roasting me, <laughs> right away, right away, started roasting me, uh, we started cracking jokes, and then I, I since it's, we're in Montreal, and he's not from there, and the other people were from Toronto, so I was like, oh, I'll show you guys around, you know, so I showed them around the city, and, and they really, really enjoyed it, they really loved the city, and uh, we kept in touch, and we, because we, like, we were hanging out so much during, uh, during the shoot, uh, we kept in touch, and then uh, he uh, he even helped me uh, to move to, um, to to LA with my visa and all of that. And then when I got here, I booked a play, and I, I was doing a play. And then Jason, uh, I saw Jason at the movie at the, at the I mean uh, at this theater, and he was like, "Yo, dude, I'm I'm gonna be doing this uh, this TV show. You you have to audition and everything." And then and I did it and booked it, and uh, it's been a blast since. Okay, I gotta ask something real quick before I get to my actual question. What were the hot spots that you brought them to while in Montreal? What were they? <laughs> yes. So in Montreal, I brought them to uh, Santos uh, okay. in the old port. So Santos, Barocco, also in the old port. Uh, we went to Mandy's Salad mm-hmm. a lot. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we went to lot. What else did we do? We went to uh, La Plage. Remember? I, I don't know if that still exists though, but there was a beach like in the in the old port. Uh, interesting i don't know about that yeah. one anymore yeah there was a beach in the old port like kind of it was like sand and stuff but you couldn't go in, into the water but then uh like we i remember we watched the fireworks oh nice from from that it was such a beautiful moment it was so cool nice that's cool nice. See, he just gave me a bunch of places i gotta start going to now <laughs> that's way my budget anyway all right no no again mo getting into my question though seriously uh for you like the Montreal angle, a kid from NDG, like what, when you think about it, when you just take a seat back and you think about the show, garnered 20 Emmys, uh, how popular that it's become, like when you take that seat back, how, how has it changed your life? Seriously. Oh, like <laughs> on another level, it's, it's crazy. It's even surreal, you know, it's like, it, 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 you know, it's like you know something for a long time, and then people then realize that that this is it's like I knew the show was going to be great, like especially season two. I don't know if you guys have been watching, but like to me, I was like, wow, season season one was great, but season two is on a completely other level, and uh, and it's nice to see people realizing that and really paying attention. But then it becomes it goes to like a completely other level where people are like super fans. Super, super fans where they know more about the show than I do, you know, or they'll, they'll make connections about things that I've, I didn't even think of. And I'm like, wait, mm-hmm. did we do that because of this? And then I, <laughs> I'll, I'll ask some of the writers and they're like, nah, dude, it has nothing to do with that. It, it's just an idea that came like this, you know, so it's like, it's just crazy. It's, it's so surreal. So surreal. Have you been following any of the reaction to season two? I, I watched the show. And I've been watching like every week and I've noticed that like a few people were like, oh, season two might be a bit slow or what are they doing to certain characters? And at this point of the season now, it's starting to really ramp up. Uh, I'm not going to go into too many spoilers just in case, you know, people get angry about spoilers. Like, do you follow any of that reaction to how the season goes as the episodes drop week to week? Honestly, I don't even know where I would see that. Like, I am illiterate when it comes to twitter so like i don't oh, really wow. understand it <laughs> i use it i post sometimes on it but I, I i don't like the only thing that i use the most is instagram and and that's it really mm-hmm. but the rest i am not really so like me i've heard some people say like oh season two 
is uh is is maybe slow or something like that, but i'm like i'm like oh it's not even done yet like wait <laughs> <laughs> you know that's true. I mean, that's the culture we're in, right? A lot of people just like to react to stuff like immediately. So I guess yeah. that I guess that explains why. Uh, the next question I want to ask you, uh, regards to your character, Thierry Zorro, he plays a goaltender for the team AFC Richmond on the show, and like just like you're very Montreal, like the goalie on the show is very Montreal. They mentioned the fact that he came from Montreal. I think there's even like a play the team has at one point that's called Midnight Putin. I mean, of course, we know the connection with Putin with Quebec, of course. Like, what was it like working with Jason and, and saying, hey, you know what? Like, I want Montreal to be represented on this show. What was that like? Uh, honestly, that was just a happy accident. It was just him that was like, because he wanted me to to, to play uh, French, mm -hmm. like as a, as a, like from Paris. And then we already had someone that was from France. So he was like, like right before my scene, my introduction scene, he was like, yo, just be from Montreal. And I was like, oh my God, yeah, that'd be, that'd be super cool. And it's like one of the first time that I play something so close to who I am. So I was like, oh, yeah, dude, let's do it. And then Jason is so adamant about uh, making your characters really, really close to who you are. So a lot of the players are very, very similar to who they really are in real life. And uh, and a lot of the time we'll have uh, we'll, we'll have like, you know, like we'll read the script. But then on the day, sometimes they add stuff. So at one point it happened to me where I came in and then everybody came to me before I saw the new side, the, the new, the new lines. Everyone came to me and they're like, yo, did you see your, your, your line today, bro? Like, this is exactly something that you would say. And I was like, wait, what is it? And then I read it. I was like, oh my God, oh my God, it's exactly it. And that's Jason that was like, and like when I saw Jason that day, I was like, dude, everybody told me that my line that you added is exactly me. And it's like, I'm not even acting. And he was like, yeah, sometimes I sit at home and I'll I'll come up with you guys' line, with your accent and the way you say things. I'll just come up with funny stuff and then I'll, I write it and put it in the script. I was like, dude, you're just a genius at this point. <laughs> it's crazy. So like, and, it's, I mean, oh, sorry. Just a quick follow I just wanted to, I want to, go I, ahead. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Go for it. No, no, please. Julian. Look at us being so polite. I was just going to ask okay. as a quick follow-up. Like, if you were going to be like, Parisian like did you have the accent ready like you were ready to fully commit to being a Parisian guy before the Montreal thing you were ready for that oh yeah because well my my uh I went to a lycée when I was a kid I went to Marie de France so okay. when I speak French it's like very it's closer to French from France than uh than Quebecois mm -hmm. okay it's closer to that but it's uh, all there was also with uh Haitian roots so it's like my accent is like all over the place but I can lean into the French or lean into the Quebecois, or even lean into the to the Haitian. That's good. That's versatile. That's for sure. Yeah. I, I, funny story. Before we, I think you asked that question, Julian. We were talking about like, do you guys watch the show? Like, what season you're at, or whatever. Mm -hmm. Before I think we even had communicated with you that we we would like to interview you. Julian and I were talking. Like Julian was telling me, I gotta watch this show, and I'm yeah. like, okay, look, I'm I'm open to to watching a new show, but where do I where do I get it? And he says, Apple TV Plus. I'm like, do they have a free trial? Because I don't have, I'm not subscribed to that. He's like, yeah, they do. Now get this. I'm also <laughs> taking full advantage of the student rate that Apple Music gives, pe gives oh, students. Oh, look at this. So, and it oh, comes with the Apple TV Plus for the year. So I'm like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's amazing. Ooh, that I'm watching the show. I'm binging it now. Let's go. Oh, man. That's amazing. That's good. <laughs> so, I mean, yes, I'm watching the show now. Uh, but more for you, Mo, like what, like seeing for you as an actor on the show, you obviously have a good relationship with, with Jason, like even 
coming up with lines on the spot clearly uh what's it been like for you seeing your character development through the series like is there more to come like are you are you ex- are you happy with what so far is there more to to un- to hash out or or what's up with that like are you happy with it oh yeah yeah absolutely i'm i'm super happy because you know it's an ensemble cast where it's like it's like the show is named ted lasso <laughs> you know so it's definitely about jason's character which is a, an amazing character and then there's all the people that are super super close to him and then it's the the football players so it's like even like shows that are that have ensemble cast it's it's so hard for your character to to have an arc and to have mm-hmm. uh, a personality but on this show everybody has such like a big personality it's like you understand them you understand where they're coming from and it's it that's the, the genius of the writers of Joe Kelly uh, Bill Lawrence um Jason and Brendan that, that are just making the show so that every character has an arc. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm very happy of what, what's happening this season with my character. And then uh, season three, hopefully it'll keep going just like that, you know. Uh, one of the other guys who's heavily involved in the show as a writer and, and an actor on the show is Brett Goldstein, who I think is just like <laughs> he's funny uh, just with the writing that he's doing, but like his character and the way that he is, it, I've, what I've seen in interviews compared to his character, Roy Kent, who is, I mean, he's there, he's here, he's there, he's every fucking where, it's Roy Kent, right? So, <laughs> like, what's it like working with Brett Goldstein? Dude, Brett Goldstein is such a, uh, he's such a beautiful human being. He's amazing. I don't know if you guys have uh, listened to his podcast, but his podcast is outstanding. Hmm. It's Oh, cool. And the concept is always like you'll all, like the concept is, is the his podcast is called, I believe, uh, films that would I would be buried with. So it's basically if you die, what's what are the movies that you bring with you? And it's such a cool concept so that while you're listening, you're thinking about what movies have touched you and have moved you, you know, and he's a movie buff. And I, I take pride in being a, a movie buff myself. So. We talk about movies all the time when we're together about writing movies and about stuff like that and about stories. And um, again, like I, he is so different from his character. Like, but his character at his core is a is a good person. He just curses a lot, <laughs> you know. So that that's really cool. But then the the the, the contrast is uh, which I love to make that comparison is um, the guy who plays Jamie Tart. Yes, Jamie yep. Tart is a horrible person. I hate him. I I, I can't stand him. But the guy who plays him is so different from his character that if you would be hanging out with him, you wouldn't even make the correlation that he is Jamie Tart. Well, that's good. Like he, he's such a dope dude. Like he's the one that showed me most of L- London. Like he took me around and showed me around. Yeah, he was. Phil Phil Dunster is a gem. I love, but Phil Dunster and Brett Goldstein are like, uh, some of my like favorite people in the world. Like. <laughs> And like Phil, I think uh, during the show, as as he plays Jamie Tart, like he has this like Manchester accent, but he's also from London, right? Yeah, he's from London. Yeah, he doesn't have that accent. That's so crazy. <laughs> I don't know. You guys, the whole cast is just supremely talented. We haven't even mentioned uh, Hannah Waddingham and uh, Judo Temple. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Just like a really good, and that's just like some of the main people we've seen in Sarah Niles coming in uh, as a psychiatrist yes. for the second season as well. Yeah. Uh, uh, Nick Muhammad as well, who plays Coach Nate. It just yeah. you, like this is a really good cast, and I didn't even go into all the other supporting actors and some of your teammates. Like, 
what's it like working with this ensemble cast? How does everyone get along? How is this? How does this unit come together and and create such good television? Uh, it's so crazy because we're we got so tight because of uh of the pandemic. We like we play FIFA all together mm. when we're in London. We're always together and stuff like nice. that. And so we we we've we've become like really really close all together. And it's so funny because when the episode comes out, like we'll always give props to to each other. Like, oh my god, good job! Like last week, we gave props to the guy who plays Colin. So it was Billy. Mm-hmm. We were like, oh Billy, you killed it, good job. Da-da-da-da. And then we're a lot of us are like, yo, Nick Muhammad, like we're not talking to you for some time right now because uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, you're we're not we're not liking what's going on with you, bro. Oh man, I've seen so many people react to that. They're like, "What is going on with Nate? Why is he acting like this? Why is his character yeah. acting like a total jerk?" And like, there's a part of me that's like, it's kind of crazy to see him as this like meek, timid guy to this guy who really just doesn't want to be taken for an asshole. Well, taken for like an ass, I guess, right? But like, it's just really fascinating but to they, see how these. Yeah, they, go ahead. It goes to tell you, like, it goes to show kind of like society. We all know someone like that who's like, yes, some people did him wrong. A hundred percent. Some people did him wrong. But sometimes, sometimes it's like, no, nah, bro, you took that personal and it had nothing to do with you. you like, no, you don't have to be like um, the, uh, the Nespresso part. Yeah. Where the players are getting some, but not the, not the coaches. He, it looked like he took that so personal. It's like, bro, it's not, there's nothing, there's no, nothing personal, man. It's just, it's just for the players. It's not for the coaches, you know? So it's like, it's, uh, it's so funny. It reminded me watching the few episodes where he's starting to become like strange is, uh, it reminded me a lot of the Joker. Oh, wow. Mm, That's a very, that's a very interesting comparison to make. That's almost, I'd rather say extreme. So can, can you elaborate on that a little bit more? Like why the Joker? I don't know, because it, it, I felt like when I watched the Joker, I felt like it was really someone who is um, who is mistreated by society, mistreated by his friends, mistreated by, by the people he loves and stuff. But also, it's like, bro, you took that way too personal. Like, it has nothing to do with you. It's just, it, it, it has nothing to do with you. We don't hate you or anything like that. But But he took it like that, you know? So sometimes in the movie, you're like, oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. That's mean. But don't don't react like that. To, to, to people being mean and the 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 contrast to that is look how ted reacts when people are insulting him and or doing bad things to him you know actually it's like now like just saying it like the joker and ted lasso are the same person it's just that ted, ted lasso takes things in a different way nice nice i, I mean i never <laughs> thought of it that way but i once you put I it once you put it that way that way I was going to go to that extreme, but that's it. That's that's pretty intense. It's definitely an extreme. It's definitely an extreme. Absolutely, Mo. Yeah, Mo. How good are the rest of the cast members at uh, at football? Uh, I'd say that so a few of them were professionals. So uh, the guy who plays uh, Bumbercatch, his name is uh, Mo. He is the best. Him and Cristo. Cristo. Is also used to also be professional, so like they're the best. They're in their own category, you know. Mm-hmm. And then out of the real players, out of the players like us, I would say uh, Cola is like really really good. The guy who plays the uh, the captain, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, Isaac. And then um, Phil Dunster, also amazing. Like he scored the goal that we that we see in the last episode or the the two episodes ago. Yeah, I think it was two episodes ago. 
Uh, he scored that first take. Legit. On the first take, that's he scored good. it. I was like, "Wow, that was amazing." <laughs> That's the cool thing about my character because I'm 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 the goalkeeper. I'm all all the way to the back. So a lot of the time, if the camera is in front of them, or if the camera is behind the players, like the, the play, mm-hmm. I'm gone. And so like I'll just watch it on the screen and see what's going on. And I saw that live, and I was like, "Whoa, Phil is a beast. <laughs> Phil Phil is so good." And I'd say that the worst worst player is uh, is Tahib Jimo, who plays really the, the worst player oh i was i love how we didn't we didn't even ask that for that one i was i yeah you just you literally just like i'm just gonna put this right out to dry i was hoping he wouldn't be the worst i'm just throwing him under the bus damn it real i just i've been been always saying that in every interview i'm like yeah i know the hijimbo is the worst it's just because we have this rivalry me and him where we just hate each other okay okay you opened the door with discussing uh tahib's character sam and it's been teased throughout the season with the whole uh, uh, banter uh, dating app and the conversations. So that what, what was week. your prediction? Here's the thing. I'll be real with you here. Uh, let's just uh, keep, keep okay, in mind, I'm not there yet. Okay. Oh, 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 oh. oh. So Ooh, let's not okay. start spilling the beans now. Okay. <laughs> Wait, how far? Are you? Okay, now I want to I mean, know. How far? No, are you? I mean, I know you guys have been thing- like. Okay, you guys have been like should... playing. You guys have been playing with a couple with a couple leaks. I'm like, I really hope they don't spill it all. No, I'm like, no, but like, mi- this midway... is a pretty big. Th- I mean, this is a pretty big detail. I don't want to go into okay, this. Well, then let's not, because I'm. Then I'm let's invested. not do this. <laughs> I'm invested. Or, what do you, now. or do you want to do? Do you want to put yourself on mute while I ask him the question, and you just don't listen to this? Okay, that's not gonna work. Okay, nah. fine. <laughs> I'm sorry I even brought up a potential spoiler for people who have not yeah, gotten that far. I'm sorry. Stuff. Yes, I'm v- uh, sorry. Okay, mm-hmm. let's ask a question back to 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 Mo and your your pre Ted Lasso life. You know when you were actually playing, yeah. you know, football like American football, the other football. Um, yeah. What, what was what was your upbringing with that? With with playing actual football, and how was those? How how did those skills translate over to playing the other footy when it came time for Ted Lasso? Yeah. Um, honestly, it was uh, it was like. As a kid, I was always sick. I could never like really pick a sport and, and stuff like that. So it was pretty hard. My like um, as a kid, and then when I started to to be better, when I came out of the hospital, I was like, okay, I have to choose a sport and stick to it because now I'm too old. You know, like every, any sport that I'm gonna go in, people have been playing for a while. I can't start doing a bunch of different things. So I just I picked. Uh, I tried basketball, didn't like it. Then I went straight into football, and I loved it. But I was very, very skinny and very, uh, I couldn't run fast or anything like that. And so I, I promised myself that I'm going to be the biggest and strongest and fastest on the team. And then fast forward, like, I think it was like maybe six, seven years later, I was biggest, fastest. And, um, and like, I, I had done the the tryouts at uh, Concordia and I, I had I scored some of the be- the best times and stuff like that. So... That was amazing. It was an achievement for me, and I, I loved it. It was very, it's a it, it's a very important time in my life, and um, it was a blast. Playing football was great. I met great coaches. I met uh, mentors that uh, that'll that'll keep in mind forever. That they formed who, the man I am today. Like people like um, Tony Adeluka, Marco Adeluka, Coach Spence, who uh, who passed away a few years back. Uh, but he he meant a lot to me. He really he really changed my life. And then um, at Concordia too, I'm, I'm like 
Every, I, I've, I've got so lucky with coaches that I've had. And then now one of the best coaches in, in the entire world <laughs> Ted Lasso right. is, uh, is my coach, <laughs> you know? And um, yeah, it, it really helped. Uh, to, to, so I was a wide receiver. So being a wide receiver, you catch the ball. So you catch a ball that's like oval kind of. Mm-hmm. So catching a ball that's round for me is a little bit even easier, you know? Yeah, so it's, it definitely translated and it, it was a blast. Honestly, I was, it, it, it's the the one thing that I must say though, is that the diving and falling is completely different and that I am not good at. And I have to, I have to get better at that. It's kind of an art. <laughs> it really is. It yeah. really is. Definitely. Is. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, you, you mentioned the fact that uh, you were sick when you were a little younger. Can you go into more detail about that? Yeah, well, I, I actually, the funny thing is I'll never know what it is, but I was always sick. I, I, I would do weekends or weeks in the hospital as a kid, and uh, it was, it, it like, it made me miss two years of school. But then, you know, when it was good, it was good. And then um, when I got out, I got out, and I decided I was like, okay, I'm going to be jacked, and I'm going to run fast. And uh, I remember I was playing video games. I was playing... Um, not Madden, but the game, the other game that we used to have. I forget 2K? what it was. Um, yeah, I think it was 2K. I, play, I was playing 2K, and I always loved San Francisco. So I was like, oh, let me play with, uh, with Toro Owens. Mm-hmm. Ah. So I was, playing, I, was playing with, I was playing with San Francisco, and he kept catching the ball. And I was like, who the hell is number 81? And then I made research. I was like, oh, it's Toro Owens. And he was the biggest wide receiver. He was 220 pounds at 6'3", and he's a whiteout. So I was like, wow, that's so cool. I want to be just like that guy. And so I started like working out, training, and all that, and my number was number eighty-one because of him. Nice, wow. Yeah, and what's my number on uh, Ted Lasso? Oh God, is it like not? <laughs> is it not eighty-one? Wow, I didn't even think about that. I didn't Jeez. think about your number on the show. It carried yes. through. It did carry yeah. through. Wow, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, real quick, Mo, actually, what were you enrolled in at Concordia before you chose to pursue uh, acting? Political science. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So I was cheating a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a big knock at anyone else who's in your uh in your same uh, major so beyond ted lasso <laughs> do you have any other shows or any other plans you got on the horizon uh yeah i booked a part on a movie but i'm not i'm not uh i don't believe that i'm allowed to say what it is oh, yet unfortunately okay. i'll let you guys know as soon as i know i'll let you guys know please sure. do please but, do uh, we gotta have you back yeah, on yeah. in time for season three <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely man absolutely yeah oh, man right. that's so funny okay well I'm good for you we're happy to hear that and thank you, thank you. For, real quick before we get it we have this one segment of the show where our guests kind of you know we like to have a bit of fun with them but for, real quick for those who haven't watched ted lasso in in a a mo summary why should they watch it uh why should they watch ted lasso um they should watch Ted Lasso because it's like a it's like Ted Lasso is um is like a hug. You're it's right. A, it's like a hug, and it's like um it's a home vibe. You know, the, it's it's homey. It's very homey. And it's very warm. Especially with like we have great television right now, but a lot of it is a uh, is a little bit harsh. It's mm-hmm. uh it's sad, but Ted Lasso is like it's real life. Yet it's still warm. Like right now, I'm bouncing between Ozark and Ted Lasso, and I'm like, oh, wow. people don't <laughs> risk their lives every episode. Wow, <laughs> quite, a, quite quite a difference, isn't it? Yeah, 
Where, where are you in Ozark? Uh, just starting season three. So we. Oh my god. <laughs> but right, so wait, there's there's season three and there's a fourth confirmed, right? But three is only. Is yeah, only, exactly. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my god, dude. The, the, have you seen the um uh Jonathan? I forget his last name. The guy who plays the the guy with the long hair, the brother. Wyatt. No, the brother of uh of of Jason Bateman's wife. No, haven't seen that yet. You haven't seen him yet. No. Okay. No. He's he's an amazing actor. The guy who plays him, okay, is a, a legit legit actor. I know it's Thomas, I believe his name is. I forget his name, but he's he's amazing, and you'll see you'll see him throughout the um, okay, throughout see. the season. And uh, I'm not I'm not spoiling anything, but this the monologue he has in the cab, it, it'll start the episode, so you'll see you'll mm. you'll understand what's going on. And he has a monologue in a cab, and I guarantee you that that monologue. You can probably YouTube it and, and you'll see a bunch of actors who are performing that monologue because it was just so good. So well done. He's a tremendous actor. Well, it meets, I'm sure what you're saying, it meets the standard of the show because everyone is phenomenal too. Like it's just exactly. incredible. So I'm looking forward to it though. I guess Julian? I'm going to have to start it, watching it, Ozark. I, but I think it's should. time. I guess I is, should. Is it I guess it's, it is time uh, for our favorite segment that we like to do every time we have a guest. The name of the segment kind of changes every now and then. But the gist of it is pretty much the same. Uh, it used to be called Rapid Fire Word Association. We realized the title was a bit too long. So we stick with Rapid Fire for now. We basically just throw out a bunch of random fun questions at our guest. And you could choose to answer them with one word. But we realize a lot of our guests end up elaborating on it anyway. So we just, we'll just throw out some, at you some questions. We'll see how you answer them. Okay. And uh, right. the fun stuff usually comes from here. So to start off. Uh, East Coast life or West Coast life? Oh, wow. Uh, oh, that's such a good question. Um, <laughs> we were hoping these are good questions. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say West Coast. Well, I mean, okay. for those uh, for those listening, actually, before we actually hit the record button, Mo was talking about how he's taking in the sun, how he's enjoying the weather. I'm like, buddy, it's September in Montreal. We're putting on the hoodies. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, it's fall weather hit us, us like a already. truck, boy. Yeah. Oh, it's 20 degrees right now for us. It's no. like, yeah. It's 20 <laughs> degrees right now for us. Good for yeah. you. Okay, next one. Uh, in and out or Shake Shack? Shake Shack. Really? Really? I would have yeah. thought in and out considering where you're at. Not a fan of in and out Interesting. Wow. Interesting. I'm, the, I, I'm not a fan of burgers in general. Really? If I'm going to have one. Yeah, I worked at uh, Wendy's for five years. So as a kid, like when I was uh, like 16, it was my first job. So w I used to eat Wendy's morning, lunch and dinner every summer because I was there like working full time during the summers. Oh. So I'm like, I've had my fair share of burgers for the rest of my life. And uh, Wendy's burgers are great and mm -hmm. very clean and all that. It's great, but... I'm just not a burger guy now. Was that your worst like summer job you ever had to do? No. Well, it wasn't a summer job. It was my job for like the whole year. But yeah. in the summer, you like you know like because you don't have school, so of you course. go full time, so you make more money. It was a great job. No, no, no. It was um, honestly, it's a it's a good job for for whoever has it. It was um, I had a blast, man. I had a great managers too. That's it good. was cool. 
yeah. that's important, especially when you're young to have a good manager. Exactly. It's, it's good. It's important. Yeah, I, if, I remember I, I wanted a BMX. I wanted a BMX. And then I told my manager, I was like, yo, it's going to be 400 bucks. So <laughs> for me to get 400 bucks, I have to work every day for two weeks. Is it cool if you do it? And he's like, yeah, yeah, perfect. And he did it for me. And then at the end, I brought him the bike and I was like, yo, look, this is what I got. And he was like, dude, that's so nice. And I was I think back and I'm like, bro, he didn't care about your bike, bro. <laughs> he, was such, he was such a dope dude. And he was like, oh my god, that's so cool. Good job. And I was like, man, it was, I was, it was a, it was a good job. He wanted you to work. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. I'm, 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 I'm just gonna make a quick comment, at least for us East Coasters, with on the burger game. I know you said burgers aren't your thing anymore, but I think Five Guys, right, deserves a bit of respect here. And yeah. what, yeah. you know, an underrated one that I feel like just flies under the radar because it's like a mainstream joint, A&W. They, they've Ooh. got some, no? Really? Yeah. I don't know. I've had it, I think, once. Ah, uh, okay. okay. Really? The, you know, there was there used to be a place in uh, on uh, Notre Dame mm-hmm. uh, that had, uh, I, I think, Mr. something. Mr. Hot No, it was on Notre Dame, across the street from... Um, like, like on the same block of uh, Liverpool House and oh, Joe Beef. Okay, so you're talking like further into like St. Henry, I think, right? Because that's yeah, exactly. around yeah, there. Yeah. I don't know. It was at the corner. Delalos. Delalos. He said it's Mr. It's yes, Mr. exactly. It's yeah, Delalos. Yeah, 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 I, think, yeah. I know exactly where you're thinking of. It's right across oh. the street from um, uh, you, Burgundy Lion. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah, it. it's, a, it's a different. Burgundy Lion. Yeah, it's a different place now, <laughs> yeah. I think think yeah but the lalo's is, is the is, place you're is. thinking of exactly the lalo yo it was so good i okay. remember that it was amazing and then just uh now it's it's uh it's gone now mm. yeah, yeah it's something else oh yeah right we have yeah. other questions in the rapid fire yeah, right we, three more for you we'll start with you with this yeah. one point blank favorite athlete you might have answered that one though favorite athlete yeah it would uh, definitely uh terrell owens from All childhood right. you know there Fair we enough. go okay um next one here says a uh, favorite puts in spot Ooh. um in uh, in la i'll say it's um bad mash on fairfax i love it i i have it like like at least once a week it's mm. great poutine and it's great it's crazy because it's in la you know and uh in montreal uh, I, I mean, I gotta say, Belle Province. <laughs> Not hey, uh, La Banquise. You can't, you can't go wrong with La Belle Province, as far as I could say. You can't go wrong. That's true. That's, yeah, you can't. You can't go wrong. You can't go wrong. But yeah, La Banquise is great too. La Banquise was great. But yeah, La Belle Province. Okay. Okay. So right. la, belle, la Belle Province. Okay. So if last one for you, unless Julian, you come up with another one. I'm not no, too sure. No, you you it, got it. Okay. <laughs> if you had to choose one member of the Ted Lasso cast to score a penalty kick to save your life, who would you choose? Oh, wow. To save my life? I think it would have to be Cola. Yeah, the guy who plays the, wow. Isaac, the captain. He would take okay. Captain yeah, Isaac. Be... Yeah. Yeah, most def- definitely not Tahib. <laughs> oh, Tahib Jiro getting the smoke. He's getting the smoke. Oh, man. I thought you were going to say Christo. But uh, well, then again, I mean, he got yeah. the, he got then again to be considered what happens to him. And, uh, this is not really a spoiler at this point. I mean, what happens to him in the first episode of season two? I get why. <laughs> yeah. I get why you I get why you go somewhere else. 
That's yeah, fair. Yeah, no, but I've seen Cola do things, and I was like, whoa. Like, okay. yo, dude, dude, yeah, he's legit, legit. That's yeah. fair. Dude, we yeah. ran through the rapid fire. We ran through all of our questions, and we've had ourselves a blast with uh, Thierry Zoro, a.k.a. Mo Jodi Lamoule, here on the Waterboys podcast. Dude, thank you so much for hanging out with Frank and myself. All the best to you for the uh, rest of your time on uh, Ted Lasso, the amazing show nominated 20 times uh, for Emmys. And any other future projects you got going on, man. Thank you so much, man, for, for hanging out with us. Oh, thank you for having me. And uh, please, let's do this again. Let's do it like maybe at the end of the season or yes. maybe uh, for season three or something like that. But let's do it again. You'll be back. I am, I am down. So, so let's do it. And I have to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to catch up. So once I finish, yeah. I'll know when to contact you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we can talk. We can talk about a certain thing that may or may yes. not have happened in season two exactly. that I may or may not have let slip. Monsieur de l'amour, you can watch him on Ted Lasso, which you can which you can watch on Apple TV Plus if you haven't already subscribed. Thanks for having me, boys. That was awesome. That was super cool uh, to talk with uh, Mo from uh, Ted Lasso. Super cool guy. Really fun time. Really happy we got that interview. And now it's time to go through uh, some NFL stuff. We'll touch off on the NHL as well. But we are days away from the National Football League season starting. And I couldn't be more excited. I also can't be any more excited. I don't know if confused is the right word, but I don't know who's going to win the Super Bowl this year. I, I, I have a guess we might get like a Kansas City-Tampa Bay rematch, but oh, like what no, if the no, Bills no, are good no, this no, year? No, 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 what no. if Green Bay's good this year? Uh-huh. What if there's a team that uh-huh. we're not even thinking of that somehow makes it into playoffs? What if the Browns, like, they, yeah, they, they can win the division? What if they go to the Super Bowl? They could definitely, I see the Browns definitely winning the division. Run, running back situation, the wide receiver situation in, in Baltimore iffy at the moment so i definitely see the browns actually winning the afc north for sure i part of me i mean i know i can't go against patty mahomes it's like almost sacrilege at this point because he's just a god but the aaron Rodgers fu tour I, is, I, I love it i'm here for it i'm yeah. just here for it it's it's gonna be but, scary it's gonna be scary He's, he's going to be on, a, like, last year they had astronomical numbers, him and, and then Devontae Adams. I'm scared to see what they put together this year. It's actually kind of funny you say that, like, you know, it's kind of hard to go against Patrick Mahomes when we're just coming off uh, another Super Bowl victory for one Tom Brady. Who, You're right. Throughout his career, we have all made a habit of just counting him out. And he still manages to surprise us at the age of 44. There's a really cool uh, documentary series I've been following from SB Nation. They have this channel called Secret Base uh, where they've done like this seven-part series detailing the history of the Atlanta Falcons. Mm. And the last part basically goes through uh, the Super Bowl loss to the Patriots. And it's the whole last part. I can barely get through it because I'm not even a Falcons fan. And I just felt sick the whole time just like watching it. But just thinking of how oh, Tom Brady coming back from a 28-3 to deficit. And not only does he go on to win that Super Bowl, which will go down as the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history. He's gone on to win like two more Super Bowls. Like, insane. And he, and he, and he, and he was hurt apparently last year. And he might go out and win another one again. Like, Actually, Julian. It's crazy. No, you're right. And it's, it's, not, it's not proper of me to completely 
remove Tom Brady from the equation because, I mean, the man is just a legend. And it's and that wasn't mo- to call you out. It's just interesting. It's it's no, I, I I agree. It's I agree, and it definitely I need to review the situation a bit more. But I part of me I feel like just wants to see Aaron Rodgers win it a bit more oh, than yeah. Tom Brady again. You know what I mean? Like I'm sorry, Tom. You have so many at this point. I just want to see Aaron win another one. Did, real quick off the top though, did you see that video with um with Tom Brady and Mike Evans was around, and I don't know if it was Devin White or I don't know the, the entire team who was on set there, but. Brady answering a question about how, how it's actually on the offense uh, yes. to be protecting the offense. It's not the, the defense aren't the bad guys. The 15 uh, yard flagrant fouls like that's not necessarily a vicious intent on behalf of the of the the defense. They're not playing the villain role. It's more on the offense and the quarterback to actually protect uh, the offensive players and where he throws the ball and it's a disservice on how the league's being run now with the 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 quickness of how how quick flags are are being drawn anyway that was an interesting talk you saw it yeah i saw that video that was really interesting it was it was i mean just insightful from a guy who's been in the national football league almost as long as like zach wilson has been alive so i'm not surprised he had those insights but like it was it was really interesting to to hear it's also just interesting to see tom brady speak as much as he has during this offseason and do all these different fun stuff like the didn't he have like that 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 foursome golf game with like aaron rodgers mm-hmm. too at one point mm-hmm. like like the tom brady we're seeing in tampa bay is so different from the Tampa Bay from, from the tom brady we're used to seeing with the new england patriots he's still very much all business but as a personality He's decided to let more of himself kind of show with these fun appearances. And I imagine fans are going to get a kick out of that with the way that he's shown us up. But it just kind of goes to show what life is like when you're Tom Brady in a completely different organization than the one with the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick and that vaunted hoodie that he wears so much. Right, right, right. And speaking of Tom Brady, speaking of the Bucs. They're the opener against the Dallas Cowboys. Many interesting storylines. Obviously, the defending Super Bowl champs are playing. The Dallas Cowboys, America's team, the Hard Knocks boys, uh, Dak Prescott coming back from that devastating injury. Mm-hmm. CeeDee Lamb maybe taking an, an, a, a second step this year. Many in- Return of Zeke, a fully healthy Zeke. Many interesting um, storylines. Obviously, we can't get into the entire week one schedule because that would just take up way too much time i want to focus on this one though thursday night season's back what are your what are you thinking i think you're missing the most important storyline of all and that's I mean, Zach wait, Martin, the guard well i mean i was gonna get there i was gonna get oh you're right oh, you're right that and was I, a tease you gotta like give me you gotta give me some heads up that you gotta <laughs> do the tease my bad i no, didn't realize i was stepping on your toes i'm glad do you, you want ha- me to do you want me to run back again and be like oh well that's my thought on the game and then let's and do you I'm peering back the curtain here. Do you want me to start over my take so I could make you look good? Well, speaking of pulling back the curtain, I didn't make mention of the time we had to do that last episode when you forgot about wow. it. Wow. Ah, there it is. Right. You, you walked right, you walked you right, right. into it, I wasn't it, even Julian. trying to make you look bad. Come on, man. Now, no one will ever know what you were referencing. No, okay, no. so uh, the Dallas Cowboys uh, hosting Tom Brady here. I mean, the Cowboys are, funny enough, uh, considering all the other teams who have gotten a lot of attention in the offseason, uh, this is a year where Dak Prescott hopefully gets to play a full healthy season. We know he lost a lot of time last year. Hopefully, uh, for the Cowboys' sake anyway, he will be healthy enough to you know bring his team to a division crown. That's what this franchise has been missing uh, for quite some time. They've been missing those playoff times. 
Uh, I mean, they've had the games, I guess, but like Dak Prescott needs to get his team to an NFC Championship game and obviously farther on. We know the expectations will always be sky high. And a win over Tampa Bay would just put Jerry World over the moon for True. these expectations. It's that's There's no questioning about that. It doesn't matter. Uh, I believe the Dallas is hosting this game. It does not matter if Tampa Bay will have to find a way to, you know, get a win on the road or anything like that. First game of the season. A win for the Dallas Cowboys in week one over the reigning Super Bowl champions. Um, Michael Irvin on first take next Monday. He's going to go off. He is going to proclaim the Cowboys as Super Bowl contenders. Trust me. I don't know if you got to see Michael Irvin this past Monday on first take, but no. that's what we're expecting to see on, on Mondays with him going forward. Just a supercharged, like, aggravated <laughs> Michael Irvin going up against Stephen A. Him going off fumes of a Dallas Cowboys win in their season opener through the roof. Dude is going to be steaming, and dude is going to let Stephen A. Smith have it yeah on that day so i hope for the sake of my eardrums and for the cowboys fans that i know uh that tampa bay actually wins this game i also think the the bucks might actually have what it takes to win that game anyway yeah uh but uh the dallas cowboys a win for them to start off their nfl season would just bring the expectations i think sky high for their super bowl aspirations if they weren't there already here's you're absolutely right here's one thing though that's kind of playing against Dallas, right? There's a few things, actually. First of all, uh, you mentioned Stephen A. If Dallas loses, you're going to see him walking in with a cigar and a cowboy hat. We know the deal. How about damn cowboys? How about damn cowboys? Now, the things working against the cowboys. Dak Prescott is coming off of a massive injury and a massive surgery. Mm -hmm. Those things take time to, one, heal. It's good to see that it has and he's back. But the rust, you have to shake off the rust when you're playing, right, at the full NFL uh, pace. And that can take a couple weeks. I'm not even lying. Like, you know, just getting into the rhythm of things, being confident confident on the leg, being confident in, in, in reading reading your options, like staying in the pocket, right? And when you have to stay in the pocket without your all-pro guard who's missing, it makes things harder. So there's a few things working against Dallas if we're just looking at this from a, from a logical standpoint. Zeke, uh, obviously, they'll probably rely on him a lot, if we're being honest here, right? Mm -hmm. a, a quarterback coming off of a massive injury, they want to ease him in, shake off the rust. Well, what's the easiest thing? Probably hand it off to the running back. But then again, uh, the emphasis kind of lays on the offensive line, and they're obviously down one massive piece. So I, I think, you know, I think Tampa Bay rolls into Dallas and, and wins week one. The, the, the defending champs, they retained their entire roster from last year's team and some. So, you know, I think... I think um, yeah, I think there'll be a bit too much for them in week one. But I, I, I do think putting aside the the pompousness of the Dallas Cowboys fans and, and their team, I, I do really look forward to watching them. I think they have a lot of talent and they have a lot of exciting players, electric players. They can make big plays happen. It's It'll be fun. Who do you think wins that NFC East more? Do, do you think do you think it's more Dallas's division or do you think it's Washington's division? Because everyone is liking Washington's defense. In this that season. is such a good question, and this division has so has been so hard to 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 answer every year. It feels like, <laughs> um, you know, Jalen Hurts. I mean, I love Jalen Hurts. I love his potential. We just don't know if he's if he's got it. I think he does, but. Yet again, is he is he is he surrounded by the right pieces? There's there's a changing of the guard. I feel like a lot of times in in Philly. Then you look at Washington, Ryan Fitzmagic, of course. You know who have 
Julian, I think honestly, like a top eight defense, like top seven, maybe you could say top five. Their defense is that good. Their defensive line is, they have a bunch of maulers on that defensive line. It's scary. Now their offense is the biggest question. Tarek McLaurin, yeah. uh, Antonio Gibson. Uh, they brought in mm-hmm. Curtis Samuel. You know, they've got some pieces. They've got some some ballers. And it's just it just falls on the quarterback. And I, I think Fitzmagic has, I think he's got the ability. I just, I don't know, with his age and his journeyman style, like, I, I just don't know. But, man, that's a tough, I don't know who the answer is. I I really don't it's know who's going to win that. I, if, if I give you... If if Dallas, you know, if their if their offense starts to click and everything falls into rhythm and everyone stays healthy, I think Dallas would win. I I, I just can't ignore that that potential on their offense. Yeah, I, I didn't mean to make this like an NFC East preview, but no, it is no, going to no. be once again one of the more interesting divisions in football. We know how last year went, where all the teams basically sucked, and we had to just you know grin and bear it until yeah. Washington made it, but hopefully the teams are a little bit better this year at least and i mean dallas probably will win the division washington will have something to prove the new york giants are also kind of lurking in the distance another year to make or break year for daniel jones yeah that's what i was thinking Mm -hmm. man like this is a guy who has to take that next step in his development and jalen hurts and the philadelphia eagles are probably gonna be like a fourth place team in that division but if Jalen Hurts breaks out for a few games, maybe they disrupt the balance in that division. I mean, I'm not going to say the NFC East is the most intriguing division this year. I think the NFC West is going to be 10 times more interesting because virtually not only every team in that division could be a playoff team. Mm -hmm. I think you could make an argument every team in that division could go on a decent run in the playoffs. But I think the East, at least, is going to be at least somewhat interesting. And it starts with... Uh, the week one matchup between the Bucks and the and the Dallas Cowboys, yeah. which I think we both agree the Cowboys are going. To, sorry, the the Bucks are going to win. And the Cowboys, if they right. win, then well, everyone is just going to know. About that would be my. It. pick. Uh, are you ready with? Oh, go ahead. Uh, yeah. would, no, I was going to say that was that would be my pick, uh, but I didn't want to interrupt you. So please go ahead. I realize, man. Like we try so hard to not interrupt each other, man. We're just just too polite. We're just for each interrupters. Other. It's just, That's what we are. I guess that's what we are. Do you think it would make a difference if we were in studio or not? I feel like it wouldn't. Um, It would. I'm not going to lie. It probably would. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. I, I'm not really sure. Um, Are your fantasy teams ready yet? Because by the time everyone listens to this, I will have already finished my fantasy drafts. But, uh, uh yeah, so fantasy I'm glad, football I'm glad is you, like, yeah. I'm glad you bring this up because obviously when the NFL season rolls around, fantasy football rolls around. And I'm actually upping my uh, the amount of leagues I'm in. I'm in, in two this year. So one of my drafts actually happened uh, Monday night, and it yep. was a keeper draft. So it's new. It's, it's my first time uh, playing around with these. We have like a, a number of players that I've we'll have that. to submit next year, right, to keep on our... So I have kind of have a different mentality, if, if that makes sense. I have more yeah. of a GM, I'm managing a team approach. So I went the youth. I went more youth than anything, uh, especially with some higher picks. Like my first two picks were Najee Harris and Tyreek Hill. Yeah, you're going for guys who you can keep for years to come. Yeah, like three, four and years. I don't have to look at them for for a while, you know. And Najee, I mean, I think he has all the potential in the world. He's he's a power back. He's six foot two, two thirty, coming out of college, obviously Alabama. He can catch. And I think with the offensive line being iffy out of out of Pittsburgh, I think, and I know that I know the division very well, of course. I know the Steelers very well. Their offensive line took a hit this off season, and Big Ben's mm-hmm. arm also took a hit. Yet to be seen if it's if he's in good shape, but I think Najee Harris will have a big role, so I'm happy with that. Tyreek Hill is just as explosive as it gets. 
I, I wish we could be ex- exchanging stuff here because you don't have your drafts yet. But just to give you a few other names, I don't. just to give you a few other names quickly, I got uh, T Higgins. Uh, I got it. I got it. Yeah. I mean, and my team name is Early Tea Time. I mean, I, I just had to. <laughs> so T Higgins, the young approach. I drafted Trevor Lawrence as well. I drafted. Um, oh, I took a. This is interesting. I want to hear your thoughts on this. I took okay. a flyer on Travis Etienne. And I, I stashed him on my IR. Oh. I got him in like the second to last round. So so now my next question is, how do you feel about list Frank injuries? Because that's a pretty significant injury for a running back to have. Look, so like you, it's, it's a low-risk, so, 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 high-reward so, here. Like, give me your thought. Like, okay, what is your best-case scenario with Travis Etienne? Uh, are you think are you looking for a comparable here? Are you looking for for numbers? No, stats, not like or? a compare. No, not even a, like like with you taking him and stashing him on okay. injured reserve. I got you. Like what are you, like what are you hoping for with with that move? Like why did you do it? So, Najee's my RB one. He's not going anywhere. He's yes. only twenty two. My second running yes. back is Chris Carson. Okay, going to be twenty seven by the season's end. You know, he's got a lot of mileage on him. That's a heavy division. A lot of, you know, so I, I don't know if I, that's that's worthy of a keeper. You probably don't need to use a keeper spot on Chris Carson. Right. And we'll see how he does. If he has an incredible season, then maybe. And he did sign an, ex- an extension, but um, it's up in the air. Damian Harris is another running back I have who's expected to have a bigger workload for New England, especially after trading away Sony Shell. So, I, I mean, ideally, you know, if, if Travis Etienne's cleared and... They come back. He comes back fully healthy, and he's ready to go next next year as like an RB one with uh, James Robinson mixed in a little bit. Because I can't see them getting rid of James Robinson. That'd be shocking. Yeah, especially with the injury for to to Etienne. But if he can come back healthy, and then start the season, he's I'm gonna have to do some hard thinking because that might be worthy of of keeping. I I don't know though. That's really interesting. That's that's long term thinking. But I just took a flyer. See how he develops. You know. That's what I want to know. That's what I want to know. Because like you're you're thinking okay, like you're just thinking ahead to next year. You just have a guy stashed, so that way you don't have to think about getting an RB one. Because I I mean, as far as I know, like I mean, his season's already lost. So I'm like, okay, I just want to know what the idea was. So yeah, I I don't hate the idea. I'm I was big on him coming out of college. He did some great things in Clemson. It's just that injury is just very. it's very dicey. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty dicey. So it's a bit of a risk. That being said, it's not like you're you're short on running back. Uh, no, heading into I made next sure year not with to. the keepers that you have. Yeah. So this is just so yeah, literally is like a low risk thing. If he's really if he's healthy, you have him there. You could plug him in. You can move around another running back if need be. Or if he's healthy and you realize the other guys you have in front are just are good, just as good if not better, you could use him as mm-hmm. a trade piece for mm-hmm. something else. So you, you I think uh, nothing wrong with making that move. Mm-hmm. Now I wish I was in a keeper league. I tried it once. I didn't. Uh, I, I I think back when I was like still in like CJEP or university, I was just had so much going on, so it was hard for me to like focus all my time. Now that like fine, I'm in the real world as an adult working yep. like. I value distractions like fantasy football way more, so I think I'd be a little bit better doing a keeper nah, league. But uh, it's a bit, it's a bit too late in the game for me to do one. Maybe next year. But uh, I'm in two t- I'm in two leagues. Uh, the draft for for both of them within 30 minutes of each other. So there's a chance I'm going to be do. So I mean, I'm going to be doing two drafts. Mm-hmm. Well, by the time you all hear this, by the time you all hear this, I will have done this. But uh, on the night we are recording this, I will be doing two drafts at the same time. And uh, big shout out to um, my good buddy Kevin Raphael of the uh, Sans Restriction podcast. Uh, he is in charge of one of the two leagues I am in through ESPN Fantasy. And the other one is with Yahoo. 
so uh, a lot of phone watching. But, but another thing we have to bring up here because yeah. of the fact the NFL season is back, because of the fact fantasy football will be in full swing, I will commit my Sundays yet again to watching NFL Red Zone. Oh, it must be so tough, Julian. It must be so tough. You were, it's you not were... tough at all. Hell no. Nah. It's not tough it at all. Like, it's one I'm of the best things you could committing my Sundays to NFL Red Zone. I, uh, I, oh, I mean, hell yeah. Geez. The only biggest difference is this year, as opposed to around this time, about around like last year, I was working another job where I was like working like 7 right. p.m. to like 2 a.m. And I would like watch like an NFL game as I was working. The only biggest difference is I'm, I, my Sundays are off. I could just be chilling on my couch, just eating chips the whole the day, best. just watching NFL Red Zone. And then after everything's done, go down and be with my family or something, or just be on my own or something like and just watch football. It's amazing. Unimpeded. Amazing. I'm I'm looking forward to this. I love NFL Red Zone. Amazing. Anyway, I, I've said enough about NFL Red Zone. Let's, uh, shall we get into the NHL real quick? Sure. Yeah. Uh, some big news with uh, Jesperi Kotkaniemi. Uh, the offer sheet being tendered to him. He signs it. Mm-hmm. Leaves Montreal. Goes to Carolina. Montreal says, okay, thanks for everything. We're going to replace you with Christian Dvorak. They did something. I think the Canadians deserve some points for... Well, they're making the, the best out of a bad situation. That's the point they, they, they deserve. tried. Here's the thing. Like, it, it's it's kind of weird because the Canadians get a thumbs down for how they handled Jesperi Kakanyemi. They rushed him. And Mark Bergman kind of let it be known a little bit that maybe they could have handled him a lot better. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they had to part with that asset is not good. And a lot of people are second-guessing the draft pick choosing now. I still don't think that... It was that big of a deal that the Canadians went up and got Jesperi Kakanyemi at three. My whole thing was just this. If he's the guy who fills your need at center, then you have to give him every possible tool tool to succeed. And I don't think the Canadians did. If you're going to draft for need, you put them in the position to succeed. I don't know if that rhyme really means all that much, but I think the Canadians could have done a little bit better by Jesperi Kakanyemi. That being said, they got a guy in Christian Dvorak who... It seems as if they don't have to worry about his place in the lineup. They don't have to worry about him being a center. They don't have to worry about him, uh, whether or not if he's defensively responsible or not. He seems to fill a need. And a lot of people seem to be banking on the fact that he'll be around some better line mates. Guys like Mike Hoffman, Brendan Gallagher will probably get shifts with him. Josh Anderson will get shifts with him. Jonathan Drouin will be back in the fold. Maybe he gets stuff. Maybe he gets shifts with uh, with Christian Dvorak. And people are thinking, okay, this guy who's never reached 40 points in his NHL career during a season might be a 50, maybe a 60-point player. I think 51 might be like the absolute cap on the amount of points he might get in 82 games next year, but who knows? If, so look, it's look, a bit I'll tell mixed. you this much, Julian. It's a bit okay. mixed. I'll tell you this yeah. much, Julian. Yeah. Right? If, yeah. if Christian Dvorak can sustain anywhere between 45 and 55 points for the rest of his time in Montreal, I think that's a win for Montreal. I think that if you if you would have played out the entire season, right? If he would have had a full 82, I think he would have been around 50 this year, right? Yeah, 40, 50. Right, anyway, so, like, that's what you want to see, at least from Montreal's end. You, you, you want to see that potential because that's what you want. You don't want a guy that you're giving up a first and a, th- and a second, was it? A first and a second Yeah. for a 30, yeah. middling, middle 30 points guy. Like, that's not... A lottery protected want. first, mind you. Good. That, that, that's good that that was included, of course. Look, I think what you explained about Christian Dvorak, you know... You don't have to worry about him in the face-off circle. You don't have to worry about him being de- defensively uh, <coughs> forgetful. You don't. You don't. You could. You could kind of. Re- you could consider him 
a, a very good two-way forward. I think that he is polished, right? There isn't that much more that needs to be developed or or discovered about this player. We know who he is. And that's what we don't know about Jesperi Kotkaniemi. There is always the what if. What will he develop into three years' time? He's only 21. What will he be when he's Christian Dvorak's age of 25? That's mm-hmm. that's the gamble they took that Montreal clearly didn't think that a top or excuse me a second line center it was his was uh his, his development arc so it's it's disappointing i think when you said look when you when you go back in time would you take brady kachuk over yasperi kokinami i think with your with your reasoning a team takes a certain player over another player it's because you're going to ride him out and you're going to give him every chance to, su- to succeed management um almost admitted that they didn't entirely do that 21 years old, it's disappointing. That is as simply put uh, as can be. I wish him the best, though, in Carolina. I think he'll be supported well, playing alongside Jordan Stahl, maybe. I know he'll be playing on the wing to start. I'm sure that's not where he wants to be. You know, that's another question for Carolina. 6.1 on the wing, well, we're going to have to start developing this guy to be a center, which is what he he came advertised to be. So they've got questions to answer as well. I think he's in a better situation, though. Yeah, because his and and I talked about this uh, when I was doing radio earlier this week with Sarah Sivian about uh, the fact that with the way that they have their depth charts for wing and center, I mean, yes, it's totally possible that he starts the year as a third line player, whether it's at center or at wing. But it's not out of the realm of possibility that, you know, maybe game 15 in the season, they're playing around with lines and like Jesperi Kakademi plays a game or at least even during a game. There's a shift yep. that comes up, and it's Kakanyemi and Sebastian Ajo playing with each other. Like, I know we get, like, lost in the fact that, like, a guy starts somewhere, and he spends most of his time, he establishes the chemistry with those line mates. But if things go decently well, maybe there's a scenario where Jesperi Kakanyemi plays second-line minutes, or he has, like, Vincent Trocek in the middle, or he is like a third line center behind Aho and Trojan. You think he cracks or, power like, play on that team? Uh, I'd be surprised considering all the weapons that they have. Cause wouldn't yeah, you want to pinch? Like, they might with this type of potential to be playing those type of minutes, at least like, would you want him to get in there or would it's tough? Yeah. Right? I mean like at plus at that money that they're paying him, right? You, you think like, Hey, you have to get him some shifts in there. You can't just have a guy not play special teams, right? Plus, I mean, he, he can be, he's a decent puck carrier. And if he's able to, to work around with guys like Aho getting time, obviously on the power play and other really good weapons on this team, there's a chance he could get some production out of it. I, I think with the weapons that Carolina has on offense, like it's very is going to be in a good situation. Also just in terms of pressure, He's just going to be in a much better yeah. situation. Yeah. Like in Montreal, how it is, we know how it is as a market. People love to talk about players, prospects, any little minute thing. I mean, there are people who are wondering if Christian Dvorak is going to be a 50, 60 point player. If he's a 50 point player in Montreal, everyone is going to be happy. Most fans are going to be happy. In Carolina, Jesperi Kakanyemi might not even come up during an entire ESPN radio show in Raleigh, North Carolina. Not after, not not before the Panthers, not before some of the college basketball or college football teams. Mm-hmm. Like you know, and if they do mention the Carolina Hurricanes, they'll probably mention Aho or Coach Rob Brindamore first, or their goaltending yeah. situation, or something else. Like Yasmeri Kakanyemi, yes, he's making six point one million dollars. 
I don't think you'll be top of mind for sports fans in that state. Mm -hmm. So it's it's already going to be a better situation because he's not going to have fans and media down his throat. So, yeah, I I hope he ends up coming out uh, all the better for it because he could use some time to develop and fully be a consistent NHL player because that's what he was missing. He was missing stability and consistency uh, during his time in the NHL. And on the flip side, I think I I really... I am looking forward to Dvorak in in a, in a Montreal Canadiens jersey simply because I, he seems like the perfect personality and character for the market. I don't know, like he he really seems cool and collected, and obviously doesn't uh, say a whole lot. If I'm simply putting it, but <laughs> he's a type of player who you could even slide on the power play, right? As that as that maybe the second wave center, and he's a guy who probably could play penalty kill as well. Like he he can bring a lot to the team. And granted, yes. his his uh, even strength, two hundred foot game. So it's it's kind of like the mold of center that Montreal likes, especially with Deno, mm-hmm. right? And you think back mm-hmm. to Deno's fifty point season or whatever the hell it is. What was forty fifty one? Yeah, I forget the exact point total, but, but I mean, there that's was a what point you want with he, Christian Dvorak. Is what I'm getting did at. that. Yeah. What uh, the one last thing I'll say about Christian Dvorak? Uh, I hope uh, whatever house he looks to get in Montreal, Mm -hmm. those plans go a lot smoothly than they did in Arizona because reportedly he closed on a deal on the house and then got traded two days later uh, to the Canadians. He said he purchased it two years ago and the build was, uh, was finished now. So, I mean, it sucks regardless, regardless, it sucks still, regardless, still, Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't think he necessarily looked all that enthused about the fact that he's putting down the money and then boom, he gets himself traded rental property, you know? Keep it on the side. Yeah, <laughs> I get you. You know, yeah, rent it out. It'd be Arizona. It's it's a warm a vacation place. spot. You can keep it as a vacation house. Yeah, yeah. That's it. You know, make some bank. Christian will be make fine. Bank. He'll but, be fine. But yeah, the, the Canadians uh getting busy uh over the last few days with the offer sheet and the trade. Yeah. Also, Mark Bergevin saying that that's probably the lineup that he'll enter uh, training camp with as well. So. We'll, we'll see how it plays out for both teams. We'll see how Montreal fares in the very stacked... Uh, I, I want to call it the Atlantic. For some reason, I call it the Atlantic. But it's what's the name of it? I keep forgetting. The Northeast? What is it called? The division. The Atlantic. It's the Atlantic? They didn't switch flip-flop? It's the, they didn't flip-flop it's, it's names? It's not the Atlantic? Jeez. I, I've been calling it the Atlantic this I'm dropping the, the ball. Honestly, I, I, think, <laughs> I think it's the Atlantic. But maybe I'm just... You got it right. Okay, good. You got it right. Good, what, are you, what, are you, what are you second guessing yourself for? I, I was thinking about like the Northeast or something. I feel like one year they changed the name or something. I, I don't know. Once upon a time, it was the Northeast, okay. but it is the Atlantic. Because remember, now it used to be the Northeast, but it's the Atlantic, the Metropolitan, yep. the Pacific, yep. and the Central Division. Yeah. Okay. And I okay. don't think I'm missing any other one. Thank you for the the lesson, the tutorial. I I needed that. Last thing to wrap up the episode. One thing I kind of do on the side for Watch Mojo, granted, like for those who listen, obviously you know I work for Watch Mojo. I kind of oversee and, and coordinate and produce the the shows, the podcasts, and do a very good job. Thank you, appreciate it. And an extra thing that I do alongside alongside the CEO Ashcan is kind of put together some polls for the community on their YouTube, and their YouTube obviously has nearing twenty four million subscribers on just one channel, and I and. What we like to do is kind of gauge the audience and become a a um, a host for polling numbers type type of thing. And last week, before the long weekend hit, I actually released a uh, a poll on their channel. That and this is the question, okay, Julian, and you'll you'll be quite okay. surprised to see the results. And um, the question is, what is your preferred device 
to watch your favorite content slash entertainment on. Um, and now the options are your phone, your computer, a laptop, a tablet, a console. What, what, what would you say? It gets a little funny. There's a funny twist, but out of the, like, what do you watch your favorite content on? My phone. Yeah, hands down. Okay, cool. So hands down, my phone. After three to four days of this poll being live, there were a hundred and forty-six thousand votes. Okay, <laughs> and phone was the unanimous favorite at sixty-seven percent. The closest thing to it was eighteen percent. One yeah. thing Frank forgot to do, though, funny enough, is add a fifth option for TV. And I heard it in the comment section. The top comment with almost a thousand likes. I guess TVs don't exist anymore. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like, like, like one guy was like, "Oh yeah, I remember the thing that's like sixty inches and in my living room. That's what I use. <laughs> <laughs> like the biggest screen I mean, in my house. Right. Yeah, that's what I use. Not my phone. Yeah, but it, right. it honestly is another element of data that I guess you could." bring into the equation is that desire for the the tv option and how many people were kind of upset about it so anyways 100 nearing 150,000 votes phone Impressive. phone 67 percent phone i can't imagine even if tv was there i can't imagine phone losing out to tv but then again people were saying a lot of like oh yeah i just use my smart tv so i projected from my phone to my tv so it's kind of like you're using a phone but just projecting it on a bigger screen i get that i missed out on the fifth option but i just felt like I should bring this and, and have your opinion on it. So, Don't beat yourself up about it. I think if even if you added TV, I still think phone would win. Yeah. Maybe it loses a couple percentage points. But like if I'm going out somewhere, I'm on the bus or something, or or even if I'm like, you know, in, even if I've driven somewhere and like I'm like sitting in like a parking lot or like I'm in like a friend's driveway or something and like a notification comes up for like some YouTube video, I've sometimes just like, let me just give myself two minutes. I'll just watch it on my phone and yeah if there's ever like something i want to watch on my tv i've definitely cast it or use google chromecast or something like that to put something up on the tv i think tv probably second for me but mm. i mean it's only because like it's you know a smart tv that has some app or something i'm watching on my phone or or, or a mobile device that's going up anyway so yeah i mean it's not as if like you forgot cable or something that would have probably got no, like, or it's not as if i forgot percentage. a cell phone jeez that would have been bad yeah, Funny enough, bad. though, I can't watch, like, long-form, even short-form stuff on my phone. I just don't like it. Obviously, I'm on Twitter a lot. I'm on Instagram I'm a fair amount. With. Like, I watch the videos, but, the, like, the, the videos catered towards social media. So, they're, like, a minute, two minutes. Sure, I'll watch that. But when I think what my favorite uh, platform or, sorry, device to use to watch different content that I enjoy longer form, it's my laptop, 100%. My computer. I uh, TV. I'm not a, t a huge TV guy. If I am, it's like to watch a show. But I don't. I I would say I spend un unnecessary amounts of time on YouTube on my computer. So that was my answer. Well, Watch Mojo thanks you mm -hmm. for spending uh, ungodly amounts of time on YouTube. Also, I'll add this: like uh, the documentary series I referenced earlier on Secret Base, uh, Secret Base slash SB Nation, SB Nation. Mm -hmm. I think I've watched pretty much all the episodes on my phone, but if I'm watching something from Disney Plus or like Amazon Prime, TV. Okay. Like, not even my laptop. Like, I'll sit down and I'll watch it on TV. I'll eat food or something and I'll, I'll watch like Criminal Minds uh, on TV. Uh, the only show I haven't done that for, funny enough, is for Ted Lasso. <laughs> I have the Apple TV it Plus app on my iPad and I'll watch Ted. it there. 
it all comes back to Ted. Uh, and with that, that pretty much does it for this week's episode of The Waterboys. Speaking of Ted Lasso, thank you again to Mosier de la Mole for joining Frank and myself on episode 42 of our great and illustrious show. We'll be back next week with our look at what happened in week one of the National Football League. I can't wait for that. You can can't see wait. Frank is very excited, mm-hmm. of course. Uh, subscribe to our show wherever you get podcasts. So Apple spotify i don't know do carrier pigeons have their own <laughs> streaming platform maybe they do it's probably there youtube of course as well uh the Waterboys wm on twitter the Waterboys underscore podcast on instagram and uh, you can follow frank and myself at our own respective twitter handles frank underscore pavan and frank and me jka mckenzie on twitter yeah, yeah that's pretty much gonna do it for uh this week's episode of the Waterboys. Uh, Stay tuned for more great content from us. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Peace, guys. Peace.